Well, this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcome to you to episode 160. I have it wrong on the script. 160 of the Shred Shag podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed, yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Let's get started with some old business. All right. So we got mostly legal woes here. All right. We'll start off with, you want to start off with, Good news or bad news? Isn't it all bad news? Not necessarily. Not okay. necessarily. Uh, well, well, start off with the bad and cheer me up with the good. Okay, so two things for Senor Manson here. Uh, first off, is according to the Associated Press, I'm reading directly from the article, by the way, just so you know. Uh, yeah. An attorney for Marilyn Manson claims that a videographer who has accused the singer of spitting and blowing his nose on her during a concert in New Hampshire consented to being exposed to bodily fluids. All right. So according to his attorney, the defendant's performance for the past 20 years are well known to include shocking and evocative antics similar to those that occurred here. This is what his attorney, Kent Baker, wrote in court documents. The alleged victim consented to exposing herself to potential contact with sweat, saliva, and phlegm in close quarters. The attorney also insisted that Manson's actions were unintentional. So that's just fucking weird and not a very valid defense, in my opinion. So, you know, when I woke up this morning, it was... Certainly not the first time that I ever sat there and blew my nose unintentionally. <laughs> I woke up and just decided to. No, I'm sorry, I didn't decide. I did just went and just blew it's not out into the uh, onto the blanket in front of me. It was great. Yeah, it happens every day. It's a problem. Yeah, but the, but the blanket consented to that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> this might be in close quarters. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and, and it, it it only gets cleaned once a week, you know. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can understand. I can understand. Yes, I'm going to be exposed to sweat. Don't tell me I'm going to go to a show and be exposed to phlegm and spit. Yeah, like people have like people have killed other people for just being spat on oh for it's sure like, it's like it that's certainly not going to happen at a show it does happen at a show it's coming to blows now the next one um about him i did not see on blabbermouth and that's ridiculous but um i saw it a few times in different metal websites so i'm trying to find it but the gist of it is is that uh, one of his uh, sexual, one of Marilyn Manson's sexual assault charges has been dismissed uh, due to a statute of liberta- uh, limitations. So I'm trying to find that article so I can read that for us here. Yeah, that one. That one. I, I saw the article. I saw the the headline was 
was proper irritated. So, like, it just seems so like th- there's a statute of limitation on that sort of thing. Really? Yes. Uh, I think on any crime, there's a statute of limitation. Oh, I mean, I don't know about that, considering that. Uh, or, or, or with with sexual assaults and 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 rape, there is. I was going to say, because murder, I mean, you, you, you hear the stories about people getting charged with cold cases like 20, yeah. 30 years down the line, yeah. you know? I think I, I think that ends up becoming like like a, a, a frequent point of contention on episodes of like SVU and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find it. I can't really find it. I just, I just wanted to read what the uh, whole thing was about. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, here's an article from Billboard. Let's see what this one has to say. Oh, no, it's a fucking video. I want an article. Damn it. All right. Well, we might just have to move on from here. But unfortunately, as we mentioned, his fucking one of his rape charges was dismissed due to statute limitations, which I guess just means it gives you an amount of time within a certain number of years that to be able to. Uh, to uh, press charges, and if you do it outside of that, those number of years, they are immediately dismissed. Or it's like it's been too long, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And, That's um, nonsense. It 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 doesn't. It, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't take the heat away from them. It just. Oh, means, clearly not. But it's just it's one like, of, one of the charges against them has been dismissed. So. Yeah. It's it's basically like like a you got away with it. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. All right. So those are the bad news. Now let's go on to the good news. It's about Nurgle and his blasphemy case. All right. Again, reading directly from the article here. So this past February, Adam Nurgle Darsky was convicted of offending religious feelings by a court in Warsaw. Uh, the charges stem from an image the Polish musician posted on social media following, showing a foot stamping on a picture of the Virgin Mary. At the time, he was ordered to pay a fine of 15000 uh, zloty, uh, which is about $4,000, and court costs of about uh, $942. So, in all honesty, like, it doesn't seem like a, a big deal, like the fine and whatnot, but I think it's the principle of the thing, considering where it's, what it's about for him. Uh-huh. Uh, he later contested the judgment, and the case has now been dismissed. In the ruling, the judge wrote, the photo in question was posted on Nurgle's social media and was therefore only made available to a specific group of people who could read it after observing the disclaimer at the top of the page, the content presented on this file, may, this profile may offend your religious and your and other feelings. If you don't want that to happen, stop following me. So on Monday, September 13th, he shared the news of his case dismissal. Our Nurgle shared the case of his um, shared the news of his case dismissal and include the following message: "Case dismissed. There's nothing controversial about the jury's verdict, so fucking deal with it. After all, we live in civilized and de- and de- uh, we live in civilized and de- democratic country. Still, common sense beats the shit out of fundamentalist agenda, which means one more step towards Poland remaining a secular state." Moreover, I know it's like talking to the wall, but to all my adversaries, don't give me that do the same with Koran bullshit because it's old and irrelevant. Blah, blah, blah. The main thing here, I think, was um, one of the main reasons that he appealed was that um, 
if he didn't appeal, he would result in him having a criminal record and therefore not be able to uh, tour in many countries, including the United States and Australia. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, he, he really, really could have summed up that whole little uh, extra bit with just one simple booyakasha. Then... <laughs> it's like, like, like it's a, uh, a gif of a mic dropping. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was, but that's good news for him and good news for like touring wise eventually when behemoth returns so yeah good news all around on that one all right so that is it for old business i believe yes it is let's carry on to new business and with new business we usually talk places let's start first with going through albums of the day which typically has your new album releases it has several new albums yeah definitely yeah Okay, so let's go through our Instagram page and going back about about two weeks. Um, I don't know which one of these. You, I'm looking at one where we did Killing Joke, Buckethead, and Testament. I'm not sure which one of those is you, if any. What, buddy? What? I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Um, I don't know if I had one that day. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem like... Yeah, definitely not, not that day. We didn't have one that day either, so... Um, next up, I think you had... Um, Okasa. Okasa, yeah, that's the one. So Which they... The What's that? The, the front cover of that is ridiculous. It's a dude, oh, yeah. Uh, dude, like a, a, a flying horse, not a unicorn because there's no horn, but he's got a rocket launcher... With a scope on it and a mace in his hand, and it's like a it's like a Man of War cover gone. I was, gonna, I was gonna say he looks kind of like a dude from a Man of War cover riding a fucking flying horse with a rocket launcher and a and a mace. It's like it, it kind of looks like one of those pictures when like, how do you envision America? <laughs> and that's what yeah, this guy. We need like, like an eagle, a couple cheeseburgers in here, a couple rifles, fat guy on a fucking motorized scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of those one of those bits. Um but uh this band is it was their new album. Uh and I have it pulled up here because the last couple of times that I've had a band that I wasn't really familiar with, I felt really bad about not being able to like tell you guys what it is about. Uh they are a Norwegian power trio and they fuse riffs and groove from stoner rock with punk rock and metal into their self proclaimed gritty stoner punk. And that's what this band is about. And it was really good. Gritty stoner punk. Gritty stoner punk. That sounds kind of awesome. The next day, you pick Shadows Fall, Retribution. Oh yeah. Oh, now, yeah. this for for a couple of hours blew up our page. Um, I I don't know if you ever saw any of it. I I saw that um one of the guys from Shadows Fall liked it. I think he shared it, right? He, well, Shadows, Shadows Fall commented on it. Um, John Danaeus, uh also of Anthrax, um, he commented on it. Uh, and I guess it, Facebook shows what bands comment on or something like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh, it, uh-huh. We, somehow we got a lot of attention. From 
Uh, we got a lot of comments, people talking about how great Shadows Fall is. We ended up getting an additional 30 likes on our page that day. I don't, know, I don't know what the fuck happened, but it just went crazy for, for a few hours. Um, probably the most viewed post we've ever done. Um, but... And that's just basically saying, like, hey, that album was pretty kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, I really uh, like I really enjoy that that one. So <laughs> that's a, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, so so that was that was that day. I did not have one day. Um now next day next one you picked Leonard Cohen. I'm your man. Oh yeah. So occasionally when I go through like my quiet moments, I fucking I just put on Leonard Cohen, and I don't know if anyone who follows or listens to Leonard Cohen. Um, he was introduced to me by a college buddy way back when, um, and I and I remember downloading his stuff on LimeWire, you know, giving my computer AIDS or whatever. Um, so you basically downloaded a crap ton of viruses called Leonard Cohen. Pretty much, yeah. But he's a really good and prolific singer-songwriter. And the thing, the interesting thing about him, uh, when I read up on him a little bit recently, was that he didn't start his music career until he was like, until he was like mid to late 30s. He was a writer beforehand. He had like two novels out. Uh, I think he has a book of poetry out. Uh, also, like all back in the 60s. But a lot of his stuff is just very, um, is very good. It's very good. And he's also one of those chameleons that can um, that changes styles pretty frequently. Um, wow. and I just really, I just really dig his music. So I think if anyone, like anyone knows the song Hallelujah, Hallelujah, that's been covered by about a million fucking people, he's the original songwriter of that song, of that song. Huh. I'm sure I've heard it. Just, I can't, I can't. Think You've probably that. heard at least one version of it. There's so many yeah. different, there's a couple huh. very famous versions of it. Like I think Jeff Buckley covered it. Um, the one, the version that I heard first was on uh, an episode of Scrubs. It was sung by a guy named John Cale. Um, it became really popular in the mainstream when it was featured in uh, Shrek, the movie. Apparently, it blew up after that. Um, but in general, he's a very, very good songwriter. And I love it when um, whenever you see a, a Zack Snyder movie, he tends to feature a, a Leonard Cohen song in his movies. Mm. Okay. I um I because of because of the the all the stuff that happened the previous day um I went and listened to the latest Anthrax album for All Kings which has John Denaeus of uh Shadows Fall on it um and it's probably the one of the uh first times in a while that I've given it a proper listen isn't it great? And and I got I still gotta say same thing from the from the the top three video of it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> good. <laughs> That's one of our better videos. That's gotta be a throwback eventually. A flashback. Um, yeah, that was that was it's it's a good album. <laughs> um, next album of the day, you pick Seven Spires, which is a great band. Yeah, and this is their new record, and. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's really, really good. I actually listened to it again recently because this was the mm-hmm. I listened to it like the day it came out, and then I went I went back and listened to it recently in the same playlist, 
and it came up. I'm like, oh my god, this is really fucking good. Like, it's it's quality. It's quality. It's not like your typical um, female fronted symphonic metal band. Like, there's a lot of different stuff going on there that's really ear catching. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. I, yeah. So there's there's a there's a story I have with them, and it, it's 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 based in regret. So uh, I actually saw them live here about two three years ago and i have a poster from that show um and they were touring with a with another band at the time and i got the other band to sign the poster but i didn't get seven spires to sign it oh bummer and i keep looking at it now like i really wish i did (laughs) (laughs) it's looking at me right now like hey i'm not saying i'm glad but yeah, no, the the other band that that uh, played that night did sign it for me, of course. So, oh, but, great. Um, when Seven Spires comes around, I will uh, I will have them sign that poster. Um, now I picked Advent Varick. So, um, during the last podcast, I had mentioned um our our third commercial break being for the cosmic peddler and i was just going through some of the stuff that they sell on there uh some of the the vinyl records and whatnot and this one is just you know it was it was an eeny meeny miny mo kind of because like they sell the vinyl records of various bands and so i just went uh you and I picked Advan Varick, um, and uh, fuck, it was um, it was kind of like almost like on the lighter side of black metalish. It was very, it was kind of kind of doom, but like with little black metal elements. Um, kind of gives you that, that that uncomfortable feeling when like that 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 you know. <sighs> I don't know how to put it. <laughs> <laughs> it's left me speechless. I, I guess so because it, it was like I I enjoyed it. One of those things that like because of everything else that gets sold on that site, you know, being more along the line of that that's that stoner rock, fuzz rock, and everything like that. This kind of took me by surprise because of the fact that it was as distorted as it was. It had that doom element, but it seemed a little bit more on the black metal side. It seemed a little bit more on the raw side. Um, and it's actually, uh, if you go on to, uh, Spotify, um, it's actually the, the album is called Tumulus, but they, it's basically one side is Tumulus part one and the other side is Tumulus part two. And it's just two tracks. They're, um, I think they're each about... 20 minutes or so maybe 17 or so um but they're they're just long doomy raw tracks um and i wasn't expecting it to be as it was um so so it kind of cuts me by surprise um they did acknowledge our our acknowledgement of them which is cool thank you guys um i apologize for my poor uh description of your band (laughs) that's i'm trying to work on that myself so yes i get it I get it. Yeah. Um, 
But on the next day, well, we all pretty much all of us had something day. Um, yeah, with, with the whole freaking crew was in on this one. Yeah, and you had uh, Metallica Black Album. No. How did was you... it? No, yeah. I think that no, no, I had I had WK. No, you didn't. That was me. Oh, that was you. Okay, then I want the Black Album. Okay, because I, I, I definitely listened to both. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yes, I definitely listened to Black Album because that was the day that it came out. Um, that was the week that it came out for the 30th anniversary. Yes, okay. you're right. You are 100 percent right. Speaking of which, since we were talking about it, uh, the the Blacklist uh, tribute record uh-huh. is actually not out yet. It's not out until October 1st. Oh, is that right? So just the, the just what we have available is what we have yeah. available. Oh. It, um, cause, because I pre-ordered it from Amazon when I got home that day. Oh, word, 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 word. Gotcha. Um, and I had Andrew WK, which... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Like, um... It was mm, definitely not what I was expecting. I know. And it, was, it was so much... It was like... It was... Like I'm, I'm used to just like this bombastic kind of party rock, and it was kind of like he just went epic metal, and yeah, and he's actually singing. Yeah, he's not, he's not, and like the the only bit of like real partying that's happening on this God is partying. But like he's sitting there, he he's sitting there. He 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 went from being like party rock to being fucking meatloaf, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I remember reading uh, a review of this album before I listened to it, and it was I think it was from Metal Sucks or Metal Injection. It was one of those two, and they said that this album is the tale of two Andrews. This Andrew. The the party guy, the one that we all know and love, and then Andrew, the artist, who's trying to who is trying to um, you know write meaningful songs, not and not just be the party guy. And this yeah. album is kind of like an amalgamation of those two, and and they're both fighting for space. Well, I, I mean, I I haven't heard much since uh, he's had he's had a couple of albums in the last few years, not very many. Um, like the last one I heard was Close Calls with Brick Walls, and even that one was a little bit left to center. Uh-huh. Um, I, like, as far as sound goes, as far as the stylistic goes, and I, I knew that he was, you know, he had, he had ventured off the, the path uh, at some point, but I thought, you know, it'd be the same old shtick, and it's not, and that was very surprising. So um, it was good. I'll say that. Um, not what I expected. If I probably need a, another listen, I think I, I think I need to go back and listen to what I've missed in the meantime, and then hear and then hear this I, again. I would have to agree with that only because my experience was going from like the Wolf twenty years ago to this, yeah. you know. And I think I heard like maybe one of the singles from one of the latter albums at like Planet Fitness, and I was like, oh my god, listen, that's fucking Andrew WK. Let me go listen to I Get Wet, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, I I don't really have any kind of in between 
Like, I don't know what the progression was, where the evolution happened. So yeah. I'm catching on both extremes. So. So I'm going through the rest of our Instagram. There's a picture of my skullet in the, in the toilet, in the uh, tub. Yep. Yep. It has been, you have been fucking shorn. Desculletized. Um, next one up. Uh, the only person that had anything was you, and that was Royal Thunder. Yeah, that's another go-to. Just whenever I, I, I need something to listen to, Royal Thunder's Wick, just a fucking classic record in my opinion. So that's what I do. All right, so Royal Thunder. Next one up. Uh, I don't know if we can talk about your album here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Uh, but you listened to the new Aborted. Yes, I did. And it was quite good. Quite good. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they are kind of like death extreme metal, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost almost on the verge of grindcore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. I I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, I had Electric Six Streets of Gold, which was... <sighs> Fucking Electric Six... They don't like me. <laughs> I love them. They don't like me. And and, and let me tell you. No, I want to hear. It. I want to hear. I want to hear this. So this they sneak personal. albums on me. They they like they they don't tell me that albums are coming out. We follow them on like Instagram and 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 Twitter and all that good stuff. But the thing is, like, I never see anything about an album coming out. This is an album of covers that they did. Um, and they've done an album of covers in the past and everything. They do a lot of. They've done. They've done a handful of Kickstarter stuff in the past, all of which I've missed. Um, and I missed the release of this particular album, Streets of Gold. So bought it, listened to it. It's good. It's just you know them doing a couple of of covers. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not anything to write home about overall, but. I'm like, man, I miss seeing the Electric Six. I need to find out when Texas gets where they're playing. Fucking that night. Do what? That night? They were playing. They were playing the trio of Texas: the Austin, the Houston, and the Dallas of Texas. Um, starting like that night, and then the two nights after. Holy shit! I was like, you motherfuckers! <laughs> Why don't you tell me these things? Because we do. It's on our Instagram and it's on our Facebook page and all these other things that you just don't follow, buddy. <sighs> buddy. Well, everyone, everyone else on Instagram and Twitter needs to shut the fuck up so I can see this stuff. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, next day was Annette Olsen Day. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. You she listened her to her, her new solo album. Her new solo album, yes. I, man, she gets way too much fucking grief because she's fucking great. God damn it. You know, I fucking love her. I love her singing. I like, I really enjoy what she did with Nightwish. You know, her solo stuff is good. What she does with, um, with, uh, Russell Allen, the dark elements yeah. good. Like everything she's done is really fucking good. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I listened to the, uh, the Alan Old first time, um, that day um to kind of go along with the theme and everything and um it was it was really good i i i i can i can kind of agree with you on that one 
Um, next one. Uh, gee, my guess for you is Behemoth. Yeah, I mean that's that's another one of my go-to's. If I'm feeling if I'm feeling heavy, I I hit the heavy, and the Satanist is is one of the best fucking extreme metal records, quote unquote. Um, ever it's so fucking good it's just brilliant record so mm-hmm. that was definitely my pick i listened to johnny cash american six ain't no grave which it's it was it's it's the it's the latest of the american releases um and it's also kind of the shortest it feels very quick um uh-huh. but like if you it, people give a lot of credit to the, to that song, uh, uh, the song "God's Gonna Cut You Down." Great song. Great song. The like kind of the antithesis to that song is the title track from this album, "Ain't No Grave." Like it's basically like it plays the same way, but it's kind of the reverse. It's basically saying that I'm not gonna. Die. Um, and it's a badass fucking song. I, I highly recommend it. Like just that track alone is is awesome. Uh, but you the know rest what? Of... Well, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking that now, like when I have to switch gears, like when I when I have like a, a quiet time, it might go from Leonard Cohen to Johnny Cash. That might be a very good switcheroo for me. Like as far as Johnny Cash, like you can't like uh, I have pretty much every Johnny Cash album available on CD from that box set. So I, I know a lot of random tracks and everything. And, and of course, a lot of his stuff sounds a little bit the same. But the American releases from, from 94 to uh, whenever 6 came out, um, those are just like, you know, he kind of took a left turn and just went, okay, we're going to do this now. Uh, and it became more singer songwriter. And you've you've heard like the cover of Solitaire. Well, I'm fairly certain you do. I'm sorry, what's that? Uh, so I was saying the Amer- the American album from from Johnny Cash. I think you have at least one of them. I think I do. I think I do. I'm just yeah. looking at it right now. It looks like American uh, American Six came out in 2010, which I think is like that was like fucking. After he passed away, because he passed away yeah, while I was in college, I graduated in two thousand five. Yeah, that's long after he passed away. Because I remember listening to um, American Five, which came out not long after he passed. But either way, regardless. Um, oh yes, I have the, American. The 3. American. The, you can't go wrong with the with the American recordings. Um, one through six. Um, I especially like uh, four, which for for those of you who don't know Latter Day Johnny Cash, that's the one with Hurt on it. Mm. <laughs> um, the man comes four, around. Four, four, five, and six are good. So um, definitely, definitely listen to them. So um, next one. Oh, oh God, yeah. You did. Uh, I don't know how that how this one's. Is it polyphia? Polyphia. I I pronounce it polyphia. That's how I pronounce. It. I'm not sure exactly how it is. Um, but again, I'm I'm reading again in the gym in between sets, and I need my instrumental stuff. And mm. these guys came up on the instrumental playlist, of course. 
and they're just very good. I mean, I think it's really just one dude who's doing all the all the work here. Mm-hmm. Um, not 100% sure on that, but the the main reason I picked them uh, out of the the cavalcade of people that were on this particular uh, playlist was because just recently it was announced that the 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 Dance Gavin Dance Tour was supposed to feature uh, animals as leaders as support. Animals as leaders unfortunately had to drop off the tour, but Palafia had took their place. So I was kind of refamiliarizing myself with them because I'm I'm not going to the show, but Brandy is. Uh, so I wanted to be a little, at least a little familiar and, and tell her, like, yeah, this is going to be good for you, because she was very upset that Animals as Leaders was was bouncing off the tour. So. Yeah. Yeah, she had mentioned that to me. I picked the Galactic Cowboys debut album uh, because earlier in the day, uh, scrolling through some form of social media, not sure which, um, I saw a post. The bass player for the Galactic Cowboys, Monty, he has a he's had a podcast for several years. And he had just put out a podcast for the 30th anniversary of the debut album, basically going through the album track by track. And I was like, you know what? I haven't given that album enough. So let me go back and listen to it. So yep. there it is on my album today. Um, and I, I've said this many times over. I fucking love Galactic Cowboys. So, oh, yeah, you do. So, yeah. Um, next up. I believe you did Charlotte Wessels. Yes, I did her her solo album. Uh, after oh, yeah. she, I think this is the first. I think this is her first album that she's done solo, but definitely her first one since she's left Delane. Um, and it, if you're expecting to hear Delane on it, you're you're going to be in for a surprise because it's really not like that at all. It's very much singer songwriter, not but like not acoustic though. It's like a very weird. I want to say weird. It's a very good mix of like there's some electronic beats in there, there's some acoustic stuff in there, there's a little bit of distorted guitar in there, but it, it almost feels almost like an experimental Taylor Swift record. That not to fucking throw that out there, but it it was really good. I enjoyed it, but I was just taken aback by the surprise sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have one that day. No? I I could not I could not throw one together. I don't know why. I I, I think it was, it was just one of those days where like I just didn't listen. I I couldn't even like fake an answer. Yeah, gotcha. And then uh, for yesterday, for we're recording this on Sunday the nineteenth, so I didn't get to put this up just yet. Um. So, did you give me anything for yesterday? No, you did not. No, uh, did you, not. you were busy all day yesterday. And, yes, I was. Uh, uh, for mine, for, my, for yesterday, I will probably end up saying something like um, Ghost prequel, because I, I was listening to it again. There was another album that I was listening to, i got to remember what it was. Just like uh, It's because I've been driving to, to and from Fitzgerald's, uh, and so I I throw on whatever record, um, and I know Ghost was on for a little while, and then I put on something else, <laughs> but I just kind of just I kind of zoned out. So 
Um, but I'm going to end up putting up that post um, after our podcast as far as albums of the day. Um, I just want to, I, I also, it doesn't, I didn't post up, oh, I did, I did post up the other pictures. Um, I posted up some pictures from tonight, uh, which I could talk about later. But I got to say, the meme from yesterday, the, the scorpions thing. Oh, God. <laughs> when, I first, when I first saw that, I was cracking up so hard. That was it's really horrible. good. It's absolutely horrible, but it's oh wow. It, it's hilarious, hilarious. Because because I don't think I, like this like the, this does open up the door to take a look at certain things like the the cover of Virgin Killer by Scorpions, the cover of the Blind Faith. Um needs to be looked at these these are these are these are not good covers <laughs> i think we've discussed many of them on the uh on the worst covers uh list a couple months ago yes probably i i i don't i don't remember them specifically but they 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 need to be noted for for similar or the same thing but just you know the fucking scorpions that 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 is a brilliant meme, a brilliant yeah. one. Yes. So so bravo to whoever made that one, but you know, still, that's just it's still fucking horrible. I, uh, I have to say that our our meme game has been very strong like the last couple of weeks, only because like I love the other one where it says how black metal bands look with the lights on, <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's the 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 scene from Dodgeball where we're in the fucking S and M gear. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all pale and shit. That shit's hilarious. Yeah, I I I I can't remember how I found it. um because like if I if I'm if I don't have a free one available to me and I don't have my computer in front of me because I have a bunch saved on my computer but not sent to my phone. If I don't have one available, I have to go searching for it. And typically, I find the same one over and over again. Um. So I don't know how I searched this time around, but I found that one. Um, another one that, that I really enjoyed was um, the dudes in the online metal forums. I know more. Oh about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I, it's so simple, but it's I think it, what the picture of uh, Chad's bloody makeup face from the from the uh, mud vein. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you dig. Uh, yeah. from uh from the days of confused meme oh my god hilarious <laughs> uh, oh and the um uh, was it this yeah. one uh goth corn is called corn on the macabre oh my god that's fucking great i i i want to say though i have to tell you about this. so for, for the for the one that was lamb of god Oh, that one too. Yes. I went onto Wikipedia and went through the track list of every one of their albums and tried to find wherever I could put Wham in their titles. So I actually put work into putting up that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Wham of God. But yeah. That's great. <laughs> so that's that's my work. Um uh, have you been listening to anything else that, that you haven't put on the list? Um, really, it's 
been again the the, the instrumental playlist from Spotify on uh, while I read in the gym, and then really it's just the the new albums in the the first part of the day. Listen to the Metallica podcast again. Like they're a great listen to when I drive across town to go pick up the kids on Fridays. So you know the the podcast typically lasts about forty five minutes, and this latest this latest one was them talking about going on the road uh, behind the Black album. So they talk about you know hitting up some of their bigger shows like the Moscow show where where that that very famous Moscow show happened. Um, they talk about performing at Wembley for the Freddie Mercury tribute a um, couple of days on the green, like, and how important that is for, for um, guys like Kirk who were born and raised in San Francisco, where a day on the green is like a, a fucking, like a milestone as a local position to play at like one of those big kind of festival things. So it's just, I really just enjoy hearing uh, their stories and it's, and the podcast is just very well done. It's very well edited. It's very, it's very well done. So I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that podcast a lot. I'm not surprised. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they are my favorite band, but the thing is like, sometimes like even with your favorite band, you can't just listen to to that and talk, but this, this particular podcast is very entertaining. Like they get Jason in there to do some stuff. They talk to <clears throat> Ross Halfin, who's like been like their photographer for years. They talk to Adam Durbin, who's the one who recorded a year and a half in the life of, uh, they talk to their managers. They talk to journalists. It's just a really well thought out and well um, written and put together podcast. You know, something to aspire to. Are you saying we're not good enough? Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that they, they are very good. Uh, I think you're saying we're not good enough. I'm just saying that they're very good. I'm sticking with that. I see how it is. It's fine. Yeah. No big deal. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. I got nothing else for that part, so let's carry on with the rest of our script. All right. Let's go on with some general news. All right. Here we go. So, of course, starting off with general news, we have obituaries, and we only have the one for today. So, so Joe Satriani's longtime manager, Mike Bridgen, Bridgen uh, he passed away on September 5th following an accident on his property at his home in Santa Rosa, California. He was 73 years old. Mick spent um, decades managing and road managing the likes of Humble Pie, Mountain, and Peter Frampton, in addition to Van Morrison, Taj Mahal, and Carlos Santana, among others. He directed tours for Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan and is perhaps best known for the last three decades managing Joe Satriani's career. So that dude's been around. Seriously, and and I, I I like it when when like these revered people are like behind this behind the scenes of these revered people are more revered people. Like <laughs> like behind Steve Vai, there's Frank Zappa. Oh, and then behind like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that is Bill Graham, like the famous manager who's done like everything for everybody. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like Bill Graham, he did all that shit for Zeppelin. Yeah, it, I, it, that kind of shit is uh, is very cool. All right, so uh, general news. Uh, general news. <laughs> and all right, you're going to read article one here. 
Yeah, this one starts off with Sabaton having some tax troubles. So according to the Swedish newspaper, Sabaton founders Joachim Broden and Par Sundström have been ordered by the Swedish tax agency to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax surcharges. So the Swedish tax agency, which manages civil registration of private individuals and collects taxes such as personal income tax, corporate tax, and blah, 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 believes that the two gentlemen did not report their income from U.S. tours in 2016-2018 correctly. As a result, each one of the musicians will have to cough up a substantial amount to settle his debt. Broden, who writes all of the music for Sabaton, is the one who is facing the biggest tax blow, having been ordered to pay back more than 2 million Swedish kroner, which is about $233,000. Of course, both men claim to have followed the United States Swedish uh, Sweden tax treaty, which covers double taxation with regards to income tax, corporation tax, and capital gains tax, and insists that they hired experts to make sure the paperwork was filed properly. Despite this, the Swedish tax agency says that the accounting was not handled accurately. And, of course, they can appeal this decision. So... Oh, sorry, all I'm thinking of right now is just from uh, The Simpsons. It's like I can't talk about that customer's illegal account. Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said it was a secret. Did you right. No, I'm here. Next up, let me see. I got to pull the script back up here, so get rid of that article, because I have a lot that I'm reading from today. Okay. All right, Alice in Chains, guitarist, vocalist Jerry Cantrell, Soundgarden guitarist um, Kim Thiel, and a regional pro jam drummer Jave Crusen will take part in the Sounds of Seattle Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, set to take place February 17th through 20th, 2022, in Los Angeles. You said, yeah. you said Jerry Cantrell's going on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. I thought I thought this was tour. Sorry. No, not tour. No, no, not tour. Just rock and roll fantasy camp, buddy. Gotcha. Oh, All cool. right. The National Association of Music Merchants, of course, this is being NAM, announced that the NAM show, the annual family reunion of the global music, sound, and entertainment technology industry, will reconvene in Anaheim, California at the Anaheim Convention Center on June 3rd through 5th, 2022. Of course, previously scheduled for January 20th to the 23rd of this year, the new dates will offer global industry leaders, buyers, sellers, music educators, artists, media, and music makers the opportunity to reconnect and renew their businesses while taking greater advantage of reimagined indoor and outdoor events, activations, professional development sessions, and expanding digital reach, and more at the crossroads of business opportunity. I always love hearing from the NAM show because like there's always some kind of ridiculous shit coming out as far as like six, seven neck guitars, fucking crazy shit. And it's always fun. Well, you gotta you gotta up your game somehow. Right. Okay. You got you gotta make like like this this big circle of of guitars and one bass, one bass. <laughs> and one clown. <laughs> um, but it's always cool to hear about. So yeah. Well, it's also good that things are getting like quote unquote back to normal. 
you know yeah. things are still kind of are still kind of up there and uncertain i mean we'll get into that a little bit later but it's just yeah. there's just so much craziness right now so it's good to hear something like that is getting back on track yeah uh last but not least here former accept members herman frank and david reese have joined forces in a new band called iron allies also involved with the project are bassist Donnie Van uh, Stavern of Riot and drummer Francesco Giovino, uh, 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 who plays in Udo, Primal Fear, Voodoo Circle, and Yorn. That is cool. Um, but again, this, this is one of those situations where it's like, man, why can't, why can't people who, who, who are done with bands just stop? Just stop. <laughs> Because you're coming up with new bands, coming out with new material. I got to listen. And then and then I got to buy it. I got to spend my money. Never, never, never. Yeah. I mean, you mean, you mean, you look at Samoa Joe. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. It's just. Moving on. All right. So, so let it be written. So let it be written. John Karabi. Recently completed work on his autobiography. Titled Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, it was written with the help of Motley Crue historian, author Paul Miles, and is due on April 12, 2022, via Rare Bird Books. I'll buy that. Second one here. Hatchet Books has set an October 5th release date for the new 336-page hardcover Eruption. This... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, book Eruption Conversation with Eddie Van Halen. All right, so this is by music journalist Brad Talinsky and Chris Gill. So Eruption offers a new look at guitarist legend, uh, by guitar legend Eddie Van Halen via groundbreaking oral history composed of more than 50 hours of interviews with Eddie, his family, and friends. Published to coincide with the first anniversary of Eddie's death from cancer, the book highlights his greatest triumphs as a groundbreaking musician, including an unprecedented drive into Van Halen's masterpiece in 1984. It's an unprecedented dive, sorry, into Van Halen's masterpiece 1984. It takes an unflinching look at Eddie's early struggles as a young Dutch immigrant unable to speak English, which resulted in lifelong issues with social anxiety and substance abuse. It also examines his brilliance as an innovator who changed the face of guitar manufacturing, as well as his turbulent marriage to Valerie Bertinelli and his relationships with bandmates David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. Strictly, strictly David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. Doesn't say anything about, like, like you know... Who? His, his brother or anything like that. Michael Anthony? Gary Sharon? Who? <laughs> yeah, but that, that book sounds, like, pretty interesting because it, do, it does sound like they are going to cover some of the un, more unflattering things of one of the highly revered uh, people in the world, you know. Which, which probably means we're going to have some sort of issue when it comes up. No, more than likely. I'm sure, like, the estate will probably have something to say, you know. Fucking Wolfgang will have something to say, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if this guy has, has, you know, recorded evidence of what has been talked about, they can't really dispute nothing. Yeah. So when he sits there and says, uh, man, I'm going to fire that fucking ass drummer tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah good times <laughs> i said no brown m&ms <laughs> how many times 
How many times I gotta tell you? <laughs> How many times a day I gotta trick your life? All right. Not spreading the disease, kind of a short one here. Uh, so, Kicks canceled two shows due to a, a member of the band contracting COVID 19. Uh, and Stone Temple Pilots and Bush have canceled their previously announced co headline tour. Uh, the city, the 11th city outing was scheduled to kick off on September 30th in Mesa, Arizona, and wrap on October 17th in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So the main people, the main reason that one got uh, shut down was because Bush couldn't get into the country because of COVID concerns. Mm. All right. Here's the one they call Dr. Field not so good. Corn guitarist James Monkey Schaefer sat out some of the band's shows after being diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, just a heads up that Corn recruited J.R. Baris, Baris to fill in for Monkey while the guitarist is uh, recovered from COVID-19. Corn's just, just not doing so good right now. Yeah, I know that was that's that was fucking Jonathan Davis, then Monkey. I mean, just one at a time here. You got you got the two of them with COVID. Sit out. Uh, oh yeah, you know, like yeah. Family reasons and stuff. It's like, damn, just guys, just relax a bit. Fucking ridiculous, but you know, but yeah, I get it. Speaking of which, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna complain real quick because you know how much I love that. So, I for the first time, because and forever, they're on they're going on tour with Stain. The first time I heard one of Aaron Lewis's country songs. Oh dear God! And what a festering pile of shit that was. First of all, he's trying to sound like Chad Kroger from from Nickelback. I couldn't tell if it was him or not, but because of the fact that it was so much fucking getting high on your own fart fumes of this patriotic horseshit that, you know, from the same guy who 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 wrote he the dude will pretty much suck anyone's dick for money. Okay? You you sat there and and you expose the idea of, of of all these younger younger audience and and the the hurt they feel and now because that only worked out so well you switched over to country music to to make even more money and talk about you know fucking you know fucking Uncle Sam and like literally fucking Uncle Sam you know? it's just you are a fucking massive pile of shit and i hate you aaron lewis <laughs> thank you that was my ted talk on aaron lewis let's go on. <laughs> wow fuck that song sucks <laughs> that was great that was great all right all that remains canceled its appearances at the blue ridge rock festival on september 11th in Virginia, and the Ink Incarceration Festival on September 12th in Mansfield, Ohio, after one of the band members tested positive for COVID-19. Sharon Osborne has told Daily Mail TV in a new interview that Ozzy is scheduled for a major surgery soon to uh, help correct neck and spine issues following his fall in 2019. Those injuries have kept legendary heavy metal singer from performing, and she says he is dying 
to get back in front of a crowd. No. Motherfucker's dying. No. Period. He's simply, I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of that Simpsons episode where they have uh, Mr. B- um, like spinal adjustment, and they give him the uh, and they give him the injection, and he gets pulled him in half. And that's that. That's yeah. yeah, no, it's terrible. Like she, I mean, she got fired from her show. She's looking for money, and he's like, all right, well, let's let's uh, unfreeze and dust off old Ozzy there and try to get him back on the road and make some money. And it's like, oh, come him, on. Just put him in the studio. But that's, where he's th- that's where he's thriving right now. Like, Ordinary Man has, in this day and age, I think we come up, we talk about it later on, it, it certified gold for half a million album equivalent sales. That's crazy in, the, in today's day and age. And that only came out, like, what, like a year ago? I mean, that's fucking nuts. Get him back in the studio, record another album. People want to listen to Ozzy. They don't want to see him because it's fucking sad. Yeah. Yeah, no. I got you. I got you. Ugh. It's, it's just, it's terrible what they're trying to make this guy do. And I know he probably wants to do it too, but, like, someone's got to tell him, like, no. Someone has to be like, Ozzy, no. We're all stuck in the teeth. But no one tells us to cut the shit. Anyway. Non-point has rescheduled just under a dozen shows on its current tour after multiple members of the band tested positive for COVID-19. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's get into I'm Getting Better. I think I'll go for a walk now. Earlier this year, agnostic front vocalist Roger Merritt was diagnosed with cancer. A long road of tests and diagnoses led to complex surgery and lengthy hospital stay. Even though the surgery was complicated, the results were extremely positive. The cancer is successfully removed, and Roger is now in complete remission, and all signs of cancer have disappeared. I don't know if uh, I haven't looked ahead in the script, uh, but I believe there is a um, GoFundMe for him right now. Uh, I think there might be. I did not put that in. Uh, the only thing that we have for crowdfunding is the one that we covered last time. Okay. All right, but in a still in the I'm getting better. I think I'll go for a walk now, and this is ironic because possessed frontman Jeff Decara, who was shot in a robbery in 1989, leaving him partially paralyzed and wheelchair bound, says that he was able to walk again for the first time in over 30 years with the help of robotic legs. And the first thing he did was find the person that shot him. And- Am I the fucking dick? <laughs> that's the fourth thing I would do. So that's pretty badass, by the way. So that's good for him and everyone in that particular part of the family. Yeah, I know that's actually pretty fantastic, and that's that's a good that, that's a positive sign for the the progression of modern medicine. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred, because he was paralyzed with the chest down from what I read here. I still have the the article pulled up. Uh, for the first time in 30 years, Jesus Christ. That is absolutely insane. So, uh, two years after Possessive initially split in 1987, uh, he was a victim of a failed armed robbery attempt, subsequently leaving him paralyzed from the chest down, and of course sending him into a spiral of drug and alcohol abuse, which is kind of almost, you know, something, not stereotypical, but something that can definitely happen in that kind of situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they recently reformed, of course. He reformed Possessed in 2007, 
was all live, and they're gearing up to release their first studio album in 33 years. So that's that's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, that's that's awesome. All right, continuing on here. No, no one's breaking the law, but Metallica here breaking hearts. Uh, workwear brand Carhartt teamed up with Metallica's All Within My Hands Foundation this Labor Day with the goal of training a new generation of skilled workers. A total of $377,450 was raised from online sales and will be donated to the Foundation's Metallica Scholars Workforce Education Program, which connects students to hands-on learning and provides support to 23 schools via the American Association of Community Colleges. That's always badass. Yep, they fucking, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And they fucking, they, that's one thing that they, uh, that they mentioned in the podcast is that Metallica really does care for their fans. And they're, they're, even in the Black Album days, when they were doing like these mega shows, you know, they always took time to hang out and, and talk and sign, pick, and sign, uh, sign autographs and take pictures and stuff like that. Uh, the road crew guy was telling us that like, you know, even when they were done finally packing up, they're ready to leave. Like those dudes were still signing autographs. So, like, they really do care about their fans. And the thing is, like, I think they they be they've gone beyond that. They just care about the world as a whole. Because every time we talk about some kind of like natural disaster or something like that, Metallica's always donating some kind of fucking money. Yeah. So bad ass on them. Well, I mean, All right. If you're sitting there and you're pulling in that kind of money. You know. Oh, for sure. Might as well, might as well be a good example. For sure. All right, are you ready for this one for feuding? Huh? All right, Nickelback versus some dude. All right, I'm going to read it from the article here. I can just like that in the scripts. This <laughs> Nickelback versus random. <laughs> <laughs> random guy. <laughs> random heckler. Uh, no. So Nickelback is fired back at a Texas singer over a copyright lawsuit claiming the rock band ripped off its 2005 hit song Rockstar from an earlier track called Rockstar. So Kirk Johnston filed a lawsuit against Nickelback members Chad Kroger, yada, 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 as well as the band's former record label Roadrunner Records and Warner Chapel Music Incorporated and Live Nation Entertainment Incorporated alleging that Nickelback copied his original music composition, Rockstar, which he wrote in 2001 while a member of the band Snowblind Revival. In 2001, Snowblind Revival created a master recording of Rockstar, along with three original, other original songs. The band made 15 copies of the master recording and sent them to several record labels, including Warner Music, uh, Universal Music, Warner Music, of which Roadrunner Records and Warner Chapel Music Incorporated are wholly owned and direct blah, 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 blah. Uh, Johnson alleges that Nickelback had direct access to musical composition Rockstar as a result of Snowblind Revival's marketing efforts. And then, of course, in 2005, Nickelback released the song Rockstar on its album All the Right Reasons. And Johnson alleges that a substantial amount of the music in Rockstar is copied from his original composition, including the tempo, song form, melodic structure, harmonic structures, and lyrical themes. So, in answer to this, Nickelback stated that the two songs sound nothing alike. The band went on to say that Johnson failed to identify any specific lyrical similarities between the works at issue. He can only conceivably point out to the titles of the two works and lyrical themes, quote-unquote. Titles are not protectable by copyright, 
and their similarity cannot give rise to an infringement claim. Nor does copyright protect the commonplace lyrical theme of imagining being a rock star. Nickelback um, wrote in the court document, As for the music, it is evident to an ordinary observer that the sound recording of Jonas' song has a steady driving guitar beat, whereas Nickelback's rock star does not and is obviously slower. The two songs are not in the same key. Johnson's is in a major key, whereas Nickelback's Rockstar is in both major and minor keys. Further, the styles of the two songs are different. Even Johnson acknowledges that his band Snowblind Revival and Nickelback play different genres of music. Unlike Nickelback's hard rock sound, Snowblind Revival will be considered an alternative rock band with more indie, eclectic roots. And most importantly, the, mo the melodies of Johnson's song and Nickelback's song sound nothing alike. Yada, yada, yada. So it sounds like this guy's pulling at straws to try and get some money out of these guys. Are you still alive? Did I bore you to death no, with something no, back shit? I'm here. I'm here. It's just, again, this sounds very, it sounds a little frivolous and, and silly. Yes, it um, does. Yeah. Yes, I, it's it also, does. Again, again, it's also 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, what's the statute of limitation on that? Dark <laughs> 16 years ago. But either way, it's like, why yeah, again? Why now? The song was it was a hit then? Did you just hear it for the first time just recently, right. or or um, what am I what am I missing here? What's the point? I I don't know. I just these these kind of things typically silly. I guess I, I'm sure I can I can me having no ear. Specificity in music, I, I'm sure I can find no similarities myself, but I, I'm I, sure I, and ultimately, uh, whatever, who cares? So, yeah, this will be an old business next week's probably more than likely. All right, move along. All right, we got nothing for alcoholic or merchandising or rhyme puzzles. So, commercial break number two. Greetings, Metalheads. Dan Mack here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made, Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and, of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellahotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. All right, ready to get into the recording news? Yep. All right, so Bad Wolves will release their third studio album, Dear Monsters, on October 29th via Better Noise Music. The LP serves as the official introduction of new lead singer Daniel D.L. Laskowitz, uh, whose addition to the lineup was announced by the band earlier this year. I'm pumped for this one because Mastodon will release its new album Hushed and Grim in October, on October 29th. Uh, the follow-up to 2017's Emperor of Sand was recorded at West End Sound, which is located inside of Ember City, the rehearsal facility that members of Mastodon manage in Atlanta. Helming the effort was Grammy-winning producer, mixer, engineer David Batril, who has previously worked with Muse, Dream Theater, and Tool, among others. And if I... Remember reading correctly, this is going to be a double album, so that's pretty fucking sweet for fans of Mastodon. 
I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. We can we can hold off on our uh, ten word review until that comes out. Shut up. No, we did we did matches down already. Did we? We did. You weren't part of it. Were Fuck. you? Yeah, you were. No. Was Maybe. I? Yes. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Wow, this has been a weird year. Okay. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, actually, that was the last. That, that was the last one we. For. What's happened in the last few months? Who the fuck knows? Right. Who the fuck knows? Anyway. All right. King's X frontman Doug Pinnock will release his fifth solo album, Joy Bomb, on October 15th via Rat Pack, Rat Pack Records. Pinnock's first solo album of new material since 2013's Naked features 13 brand new tracks. All right. I'm going to give you A. Copy and paste warning here. It's in the script. Okay. With governments finally admitting that UFOs do in fact exist and humanity attempting to heal from a state of the recent crisis, the timing couldn't be more appropriate for the newest addition to the hypocrisy catalog, Worship. Due on November 26th via Nuclear Blast Records, Worship is 11 tracks of precise, ferocious musicianship, commonly inspired by the fusion of the modern and the ancient hypocrisy has once more found a way to combine innovative ideas with classic sound in order to deliver something metalheads can enjoy enjoyably consume with awe and brutal vigor. As usual, all recording and mixing took place at frontman Peter Tektrin's uh, Abyss Studio in Sweden, while mastering was completed by Svant Forsbach at Chart Makers Audio Mastering, designed by artist Blake Armstrong, who has worked with Cataclysm, In Flames, and Carnifix, Worship's artwork speaks to the history of the relationship between humanity and extraterrestrials. There you go. You know, you know, you know what this, all the stuff you just read. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, pretty much okay, cool. And basically, what I got out of it, this the the. The main thing I got out of it is Hypocrisy has a new album coming out. Yeah. Subtext that I got out of it is if I really want to be a good I really need to learn how to work the shaft. Oh, man. Especially on Blabbermouth. They are fucking... They are ridiculous. It is... Wow. It is yeah, wild. It, I need to up my game. I gotta, I gotta learn how to just write those bullshit. You might really need to invest in a, in a, a really thesaurus. You gotta work on my jaw. <laughs> Good grief, that's ridiculous. All right. So Cynic will release a new full-length album, Ascension Codes, on November 26th via Season of Mist. That is cool. Metallica, the satirical mashup act whose hilarious shtick Marries the songwriting prowess of the Beatles to the deep-throated rock growl of Metallica, will release its fourth studio album, The Devolver Album, on November 12th via Metal Assault Records. <laughs> Dude, I haven't listened to them in a while. I love that band. They're hilarious. Yeah, I, I remember, like, forever ago. Was... Hell yeah, that's going to be cool. Uh, Rob Zombie guitarist John Five will release his new solo album Sinner on Friday, October 29th, just in time for Halloween, via Big Machine Records. You know, it's kind of a shame for John Five. What's that? 
Like, why do we have to introduce him as Rob Zombie's guitar? I think John Five is enough of a power on his own. Normally, I would have done so, but I just copied and pasted that real quick this morning, and I definitely would have just done John Five had it yeah. not been like two seconds ago. Yeah, I don't. I, I yeah, I, I, I don't mean like that. Like you copy and paste news site. Like John Five has enough of a power on his own that he should not have to, be, you know, you know, preface yeah, with I, somebody else. I see what you're saying. I see what yeah. you're saying. Anyway, that's that's me complaining. Yep. All right, that was it for studio, but we have some recorded live shit. All right. So Helmet's first official live album, Live and Rare, will be released on November 26th via Ear Music. It will be made available on heavyweight black vinyl as well as a CD, digipack, and, of course, digital. I, I, I don't know enough about Helmet. I, I know one song. <laughs> well, I just find it funny that, they, that this is going to be their first live album, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Suffocation will release a live album live in North America on November 12th via Nuclear Blast Records. Cool. And, of course, Behemoth set the world on fire when the Polish masters of black metal took an abandoned church in rural Poland to perform a worldwide stream event in the heart of the pandemic lockdown. After over a year since the show's premiere, In Absentia DA returns on a range of deluxe formats for fans to relive the danger and drama that took place on that fateful night in 2020. The live release will hit shelves on December 17th. What, what, what was... Wait. It was a stream event. Yep. Was there anybody there? Nope, it was just them in an abandoned church. What's the danger and drama? Well, anything involving Nur- Nurgle in Poland, I guess. And I guess performing in a church? I guess so. <laughs> Copy and okay. paste, bro. Copy and paste. Get working on your uh, your, your writing skills, Bubba. I mean, All right. I've only got so much shit in a day. <laughs> Rewind, replay, rebound, reissued. Celebrating its 45th anniversary, Destroyer was originally released in 1976 and is considered to be one of the quintessential Kiss albums. It is the band's first album to sell more than 1 million copies in its first year and holds the title of being their all-time best-selling studio album. Packed with concert staples and Kiss Army favorites including Detroit Rock City, Shout It Out Loud, God of Thunder, and Beth, on November 19, 2021, UME will release Kiss Destroyer 45th Anniversary in the form of a super deluxe 4-CD and Blu-ray audio box set, as well as on standard double black vinyl and limited edition yellow and red double-colored vinyl, 2-CD set, and digital. I get that, and I probably wear down... Um... Uh, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the, that's the one Kiss record that I listened to. Like, I think we had this conversation where I listened to it recently, and I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. So it was actually the first Kiss album I ever owned. Not, not a surprise. You know, that's like the Kiss album. You know. Yeah. All right. Continuing on here, we're into our music break. Okay. Now. 
let me let me explain this to folks. Last week we were supposed to have a music start playing music for uh, some record labels and whatnot that we are um, kind of working with and everything like that. And unfortunately, I couldn't get this. I tried to download the song for some reason. It wouldn't let me put the audio in the in the file. So I ran out of time and I just took the part out completely. So Dan, future Dan, Dan, you're listening to this because Dan, you're editing this. this you, always, you always listen to your show when you edit it. If you can include a track, put something extra here. But you're not going to, so carry on to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're heading into a little extra now. And. There's uh, aside from what Metallica is doing with Carhartt, there's no good that many women are doing at the moment. We're gonna check in with our crowdfunding for Scott Fuzzy O'Hare, and that is the gentleman who was the, I believe, the touring manager for a long time for Queensryche. He has some health issues going on. Um, his goal to help him out with his bills is twenty-five thousand dollars to date. He has earned just under half at twelve thousand eight hundred and thirty-five. I, um, I actually have one for today. Oh, shit. Look at you. Yeah, look at me. Uh, so I went through Kickstarter for the first time, and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, I found a band named Memory Driven. They are currently doing a Kickstarter for a vinyl single, The Earthen Lost. Um, they are a kind of progressive doom metal band. Uh, the track that they have up on their page, I will actually include right uh here so that is memory driven they're currently working on uh, obtaining uh well kickstarting funds for vinyl pressing of their new album the earth and lost they have a goal of two thousand dollars um they are currently at 271 with 31 days to go if you like the song head over to kickstarter put some money toward it um get a vinyl copy of the album um, I'm sure, you know, it's probably, you know, it's doom metal, so it's probably like, you know, like two tracks long, huh. uh, one track that you kind of have to like flip the, the thing for or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but if you like what you heard, definitely go pledge some, uh, pledge some money to them. Um, I liked it. I, I've pledged, um, so I, I hope it succeeds, uh, and we get a vinyl pressing of this album. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right. Heading into uh should I want, bro, what do you want? What do I want? Oh. Um I wanna uh I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna now, you know, I actually, you know, what I want. Um, so, so recently, I went to a show uh, at um, uh, Fitzgerald's, and um, we've kind of the shirt check has kind of made their little nest there. And uh, I'm 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 friends with uh, Sharon, who runs the place. Um, and so when they ha- when they have certain shows and whatnot, um, I get posters. I get 11 by 17 posters, which ends up on the filming. Um, and with the recent with a recent show, I ended up getting 
which fills up part of my wall. And I'm getting close to finishing it up, actually. I'm nice. very close to com- fully completing this wall with, with signed posters. Um, and I want to get to a point where it's, it is completely filled up. Um, I need two more horizontals and eight more verticals. And I have a full wall. So I want that. I want to get a few more posters. And then I'll play around with with them. Maybe maybe change it up a little bit. Change up placement. So they're not the same place every time. So we'll see. But I really want to get this this, uh, wall finally finished up. I'll I'll feel pretty good after that. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't have anything. Actually, I do have something. It's not heavy metal related, but it is a piece of metal. Uh, for the gym, I've been wanting a, a fucking dip bar for the longest goddamn time. Kind of like what you have, but something that I can attach to my squat rack. And I had one mm-hmm. eyed out for, for years. Yeah. And it's been out of stock for like, like, like I was going to go buy it like two years ago. And it was out of stock, and then of course the pandemic happened. So I think they shut down the factory to build these things. And then yesterday, randomly, I went to my shopping cart to like my saved items, and it was there. I'm like yes, and I fucking bought it. I'm like I'm so excited. It's little things like that that get me going. <laughs> you fucking nerd. You fucking better believe it. You fucking better believe it. You know what you want. You know what you want. What do I want? You want to go see Volbeat in the Who with me on Tuesday. <laughs> That's what you want. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't want to spend $11 per ticket on a fucking phone or, or internet convenience fee. So I will I will go down to the box office and buy my tickets. But um, you want to see that show with me. I know I do, but it's like a Tuesday. It's like shit. So Dude, we'll talk about it. You work midday now. What's a Tuesday? What's a Tuesday? Workout day. What's a Tuesday? Fucking it's fucking chest day. What? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Motherfucker. Bitch. Alright. We'll talk about that later though. Um yeah. Down the rabbit hole. Any rabbit holes recently? Uh, no, I um, I, I I wanted to go down a rabbit hole, and and I, there are signs that are telling me to go down this rabbit hole. Um, so one of the bands uh, that I got to sign a poster for was a tribute band for Black Sabbath. So. Playing, playing Black Sabbath tunes, seventy to seventy-eight. Talking, talking original Ozzy from. Okay, let's let's call it what it is. <laughs> it was seventy. It was seventy to 70 because they played up until sabotage. They didn't play anything from Technical X here. I never saw. <laughs> no, they don't. Don't don't lie to me like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it just. When you get reminded of how good a band is, you oh really I know it. yeah, and I I haven't actually just sat down and listened to it, but um I was at 
a show last night. Uh, not last night. No, last night was 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 birthday night. I was at the sh- I was at a show the night before, and like three Sabbath songs were played. And I was like, man, this is a sign I back and listen to like the first eight albums of Sabbath. So, I I, I might end up doing a, a marathon very soon of 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 old school Sabbath, and searching around for for cool live bootlegs from back in the day and shit like that. Yeah. Um. But aside from that, um, uh, I mean, one of the other rabbit holes I went down, I have, I tend to sit in my office and just sit in my chair, do some breathing and uh, think for a while. And I come up with, with ideas for more of Shred Shack shit. And now that we have a table that we can set up at, uh, at, at, Wherever, basically, but we definitely can set up a table at Fitzgerald's. Um, I, I'm trying to think of more things to like add to it, what I can do with it. I'm reaching out to some that are our sponsors, our partners, so on and so forth. Um, and I'm just trying to think, like, I want to put some cards up here. I want to put some some notif- notification here, you know, like uh, I have a, I have a piece of paper talking about Rise from Your Grave, which is Tom's band. I got um, some stuff that uh, some some little uh, flyers that have the Short Check logo on it for Fitzgerald and stuff like that. Um, I have our T-shirts. I sold a T-shirt. I sold a T-shirt. In- it was fantastic and would happen pretty quick. Um, but that rabbit hole is basically like thinking like what can we do merch wise that is cost effective and would be easy to sell. So been racking my brain around ideas. And you had mentioned bumper stickers. I did, uh, yes. Which is a good idea. It's just a matter of having having enough made where it's selling them as cost effective so, yeah so i i have been looking at that so ideas of what else to put on this table that makes it more appealing um because i was i had our shirts i had the the rise from your grave page out i had my tablet going and it was playing heavy metal wrestling because uh, we were, we're going to be working with them, um, so I was playing stuff from them. Um, I got to talk to the guy from the Cosmic Peddler. Uh, he was talking about coming by and, and meeting up with me and, ch- and chatting about what else to put there. So it's basically like, what can, what else can I put on the stand? So, uh, so it's it, that's my rabbit hole right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. All right. No, I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay, good. <laughs> no, all right, it's all all good. All right, concert news. Here we go. So festivals, Metallica will headline the first ever Download Germany Festival set to take place in June 24th of 2022 at Hammering Racing Circuit near Frankfurt. Also scheduled to appear are Sabaton and Five Finger Death Punch. Not a bad lineup. Not bad. And and ironically enough, Five Finger Death Punch happened to be an 
a question or an answer, if you will, on Jeopardy this past week. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. They made the big time. They made the big time. Okay. In touring news, White Snake has announced more concerts as part of its upcoming farewell tour. The David Coverdale fronted outfit will be joined by special guests Europe across Europe next spring and summer. The trek will kick off on May 27th, 2022 in Germany and continue through June with more dates to be announced in the coming weeks. <laughs> what? It makes me wish that there were there were bands named for everything. Oh my god, wait a minute. There almost is. They could tour Europe with Europe. They could tour America with America. They could tour Asia with Asia. Uh-huh. That would be brilliant, because it would they all play, fit. They can tour Africa with Toto, who plays Africa. Yeah! Right? They can totally do that! Oh, <laughs> and then when they get to America, not only can they play with America, but they can play with, like, Kansas. You know, if they played in Kansas. Yeah! So, yeah, you know, kids, up. there you go, buddy. Get on it. You're learning how to book shows. Get on it. I, I am. I am. A, this is how I book shit. <laughs> fantasy booking, bitches. Fuck your tr- fantasy draft football shit. Fantasy booking. Actually, that would probably be a lot of fun. <laughs> I know. That would probably be a lot of fun. My goodness. It's still a lot of tickets. Oh, man. All right. Evanescence and Hailstorm are currently preparing to kick off one of the biggest arena tours of the year and have just added additional dates in Denver, Tampa, Nashville, and Minneapolis. The trek kicks off November 5th in Portland, Oregon. Hopefully, Amy Lee can stand for these shows because she recently went hiking and twisted her goddamn ankle. She doesn't need to stand. She can can sit down and do it. Just get the throne. The, the throne that's been being passed around between Gun N' Roses, Foo Fighters, and then whoever else. Uh, Corn. Uh, Corn, yes. All right, Kiss has announced rescheduled North American tour dates after the band was forced to postpone five shows due to Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons testing positive for COVID-19. The new dates in Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, Burnstown, Pennsylvania, Clarkston, Michigan, Tinley Park, Illinois, and Dayton, Ohio will now happen in October. The shows in Hartford, Connecticut, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Raleigh, North Carolina have been postponed to 2022, just prolonging the farewell. KISS resumed the North American leg of the End of the Road Tour on September 9th at Five Point Amphitheater in Irvine, California. Yeah, I really was considering going to go see them. Uh, They're playing Austin or Houston at the end of this month. I was really considering going to go see them. What's going on right now? That kind of being a little shifty with their health. Uh, I'm 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 kind of thinking against it. Yeah. Plus, you've seen the farewell tour already twenty years ago. 20, yeah, I saw the farewell years ago. <laughs> it was it was great then. <laughs> it's still great now. There's a lot of fire. But yeah, you know, I, I, I can go see Ramstein. <laughs> Nope, not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. 
Static X will bring more of its self-proclaimed Evo Disco to the masses with its Rise of the Machine North American Tour 2022. The 37-date run produced by Live Nation kicks off on February 21st in Portland, Oregon and runs over five weeks, wrapping up in April uh, April 3rd in San Francisco, California. The tour will celebrate the 20th anniversary of the band's gold-certified sophomore album, Machine, which is being re-released next year and will serve as a continuation of their memorial tribute to honor their late singer, Wayne Static. Joining Static X on the bill will be fellow industrial metal pioneers Fear Factory and Dope, along with special guests Mushroom Head and Twisted appearing on select dates. The Rise of the Machine Tour will also celebrate career anniversaries for both Fear Factory and Dope, with Fear Factory celebrating their 30th anniversary of the band and Dope celebrating the 20th anniversary of their cult metal anthem, Die, Motherfucker, Die. San Antonio date, March 5th at the Aztec. Yeah, someone's going to that show. That's me. That does sound interesting. It does. I just, what's more interesting to me is that, that Static X is headlining Fear Factory. That is true. That is very, very true. That is very interesting. Um, in the case of one of these things is not like the other, um, Twisted on select shows. Yeah, yeah. But they've always been kind of towed the line between their genre of music and metal. Like I've, I've seen them mentioned in the same breaths as like stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see them, but I mean, it's just, it's just strange. Yeah. All right. Alice Cooper would team up with the cult for a UK tour in May and June of 2022. Opeth will return to North America this fall for a tour with Mastodon. Yeah, I want to go to that too. Yeah, in fucking... um, uh, I think it's Friday, November 26th. It's in Austin. And yeah. then uh, the next day it's in Dallas. And it's funny because the first concert I saw here 10 years ago when I moved to San Antonio was Ghost, Mastodon, and Opeth. Huh. So that's kind of coming around 10 years, almost to the fucking day, really. Like it was around that, it was it was very early in my in my time here that I saw that show. So that's fucking crazy. But it's Black Friday, that that Austin show, so that might be a very good work day for me. Anyway, Faith No More and Mercy Bungle have canceled their previously announced fall 2021 performances. All right. Now we're going to read Mike Patton's art uh, statement regarding said cancellations. He says, sorry to report that due to mental health reasons, I cannot continue with the currently scheduled Faith No More and Mr. Bungle dates. I have issues that were exacerbated by the pandemic that are challenging me right now. I don't feel I can give what I should at this point, and I am not going to give anything less than 100%. I am sorry to our fans and hope to make it up to you soon. The band support me in this decision, and we look forward to working through this in a healthy way. Well, it's good that he's taking a step back when he knows he needs to, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think some people, like, more people need to do that. It's becoming more of a uh, prominent focus for people is the mental health issue especially yeah. like right after the olympics when like the that gymnast uh simone bliss i think her name is um uh, i know who you're talking about but i don't know the name yeah i, I think her name is simone i, I think I don't, I, i'm butchering her name and i apologize for that 
but she stepped away because she felt that she wasn't mentally prepared to compete in the, the team events for the Olympics. And she got a lot of criticism for that, but also a lot of praise. So it was like 50-50. You know, yeah. people saying that she quit on her team, but then also people saying, like, good for you for taking care of yourself and knowing what your limitations are, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's becoming more of a, a prominent focus is mental health in, in, like, entertainment and performance industries, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's definitely very good. All right. But in the wake of that, Corn has replaced Faith No More as the support act for System of a Down on a short run of West Coast dates this fall. And last but not least here, Steve Vai has announced an extensive tour of the United States with 54 scheduled appearances. Confirmed. Vai's inviolate world tour will begin at the House of Blues in Las Vegas on January 27th, 2022, and wrap in Los Angeles, California on April 2nd at Theater at Ace Hotel. San Antonio date, February 9th at the Aztec. I was considering that show. It would be interesting, for sure. Well, I feel like I've... Haven't, haven't I... No, no, that's, that wasn't... You didn't see G3. Oh, no, but I had that one CD. Yeah, Vi wasn't that long, okay? But I haven't. But that means I haven't seen Vi live, which I should. Yeah. All right. So you are the only one here that has seen shows recently. Uh, yeah, but I don't have much to say about them right now. For the for the interest of, fortunately, we're going to to skip that. But um, I have I have been seeing some shows. And been. They have been fun, but they are taking they are taking a toll because I am fucking exhausted. <laughs> and old. Yeah, so I'm old. I'm very fucking old. Hey, in a couple of weeks you're gonna get even older. I'll fuck up. <laughs> All right. Heavy metal the charts? Yeah, heavy metal the charts. All right, Mammoth WVH's latest single, Don't Back Down, has reached number one on the active rock chart. The song has been getting momentum since it impacted radio in April and the last week and the week of September 6th, so it grabbed the top spot on both the media base and BDS active rock charts. According to, according to Billboard, Iron Maiden's latest album, Senjutsu, has entered Billboard's top 200 chart at position number three, making it the band's highest charting LP ever. The British heavy metal legends previously peaked at number four with their last two studio releases, 2015's The Book of Souls and 2010's The Final Frontier. Of Sinjutsu's 64,000 equivalent album units, album sales comprise 61,000, making it the top-selling album of the week. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's that's awesome. It's not number one, but I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be as good as it gets because at the same time, somebody else released an album that was almost guaranteed to hit number one. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne's latest album, last year's Ordinary Man, was officially certified gold on September 9th by the RIAA for sales in excess of half a million copies, as we talked about earlier. That's bomb. All right, are you ready for the top five? Yes. Number one is the new album by Drake, Certified Lover Boy. There was no way that Iron Maiden was going to, to unseat that one. Number two was Donda by Kanye West, which is his new record. Yeah, there they was, yeah. The, the fact that Iron Maiden. Because we know how. 
how the music culture in America is. So yeah, that's, that's, number three that's, is pretty still pretty impressive. Yeah. So of course, number three is the new album from Iron Maiden, Senjutsu. Number four is Olivia Rodrigo, her album Sour, and number five is Doja Cat with her album Planet Her. And now we scroll. While you scroll, have you seen the uh, billboards for Little Nas X, his new album? No. Okay, apparently they're like ridiculous, and it's like <laughs> just just search just search for like a. Oh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some of his recent outfits, especially like what he wore to like the Met Gala and stuff like that. I, he's kind of like he's kind of filling in the shoes for like old school Elton John outlandish outfits. It's yeah, but <laughs> the like the, all the billboards are those. You broke up. I, I, I you broke up. I heard absolutely nothing. And the the billboard starts to have jokes. Like you're entitled to financial compensation. Oh yes, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. That's so look at the show. Uh, number twenty-two is uh, Queen's Greatest Hits, of course. So you can imagine that's number two on the hard rock charts because, of course, Iron Maiden would be number one. Yep. Taylor Swift's Folklore is at number thirty-one. That's one for our girl Taylor. We have Rumors by Fleetwood Mac at number thirty-three. Wow. Yep. At number 34 is the Golden Hits by ABBA. Now, I find this interesting because ABBA recently announced that for the first time in like 40 years, they're going to be releasing a new album. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Creedence Clearwater Revival's Greatest Hits at number 38. Diamonds by Elton John, speaking of, is number 39. I think I think we're still getting the residuals from Labor Day here. Possibly, yeah. Oh, Back in Black here is at number fifty-three. Journey's Greatest Hits at number fifty-eight. Taylor yeah, Swift's yeah. Lovers at number sixty-one. Evermore by Taylor Swift is at sixty-four. That's three for our girl. Pretty quick succession. And I want to make the point about that too. I, I find it more interesting that the, the previous album. Is ahead of the following album, Evermore. Well, you gotta remember, um, she's re releasing some of her, her previous records. She's re recording and re releasing some of her previous records. So that's what this is about. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, usually, usually the newest album is more of it, but Folklore is just more, more well received album uh-huh. because of like Cardigan. Mm. That's true. All right, Greatest Hits by Guns N' Roses at number 77. Greatest Hits by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers at number 79. Taylor Swift's 1989 album is at number 86. That's four in the top 100. Beatles 1, 99. Essential Michael Jackson, 100. Thriller by Michael Jackson is at 106. Nevermind by Nirvana's at number 111. Probably hit a spike of popularity due to the uh, lawsuit. Uh, greatest Hits by Nickelback at 116. Greatest Hits by Bob Seger at 117. Abbey Road by The Beatles at 118. And all-time Greatest Hits by Leonard Skinner at 119. Uh, 
Greta Van Fleet, The Battle at Garden's Gate, number 129. That's on the uptick from 140. Interesting. Sounds of Summer, the very best of the Beast Boys at 132. Hotel California by the Eagles at 135. Devil's Got a New Disguise, the very best of Aerosmith at 137. Bon Jovi's Greatest Hits is at number 141. Red by Taylor Swift is at 143. That's five for our girl Taylor in the top 150. I don't know why, but this is this is random. It's a re-entry by Whitney Houston. I will always love you. The very best of Whitney Houston at 146. Random as all hell. Okay, continuing on here. Billy Joel, Essential Billy Joel is at 155. Greatest Hits by Red Hot Chili Peppers at 156. And Metallica's Blackout at 158. Ba, 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 ba. My Chemical Romance, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge at 166. Oh, coming to the end here. Look at this. Taylor Swift's Reputation at 185. That's six for Taylor Swift. Fearless, Taylor's version, number 196, that's seven. Oh, wow. And rounding out the top 200 at 200 is the greatest hits by Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Yeah. Staying <laughs> relevant forever. So uh, I, I would say that a lot of the labor day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still feeling it. Still, still, still kind of feeling it. Some, some dudes are getting all nostalgic, and they're like, "Oh, I remember back in the day." Yeah. And I'm tired during the day now. Now they're all just complaining about America and shit. So, um, anyway, um, I think that is it for this show. I don't think we need a discussion bit, and I got a place to be. And I'm hungry. Well, you're always hungry, so you don't count. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. So until next time, I'm Dan Mack. Hey, this is Chris Mack. And this is some third person who's who's here as well. No, one day we'll have extra people to do this with us. Yeah. But until then, I'm Dan Mack. And I'm still Chris Mack. Are you sure? Maybe. Good. Where the smile. <laughs>